Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, welcome back. This is going to be for Isaiah chapter 59. Verses 1 to 8 are the condemnation of sin. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. So as we, we need to repent, we need to draw closer to God. That He's going to be there for to help us. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, or have made him hide that he will not, not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood or wickedness, and your fingers are with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, your tongue hath muttered per- perverseness. None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity empty arguments and speak lies they conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity they hatch cockatrice eggs or adder the the snake the cockatrice is a legendary creature part serpent and part fowl that could kill with a glance the cockatrice symbolizes satan and his influence and weave the spider's web he that eateth of their eggs dieth and that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper eating a seemingly delicious food to find its poisonous Verse 6, their webs shall not become garments, neither shall they cover themselves with their works, neither works are works of, their works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands, there is no protection in sin. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood, their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity, wasting and destructing, or wasting and destruction are in their paths. So this is the effect of sinning. The way of peace they know not. Only the righteous know peace, and there is no judgment or equity or justice in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Marquis Peterson said, The true church must always produce new scripture. If it does not, we must admit that it has drifted from the path of truth and right. It was Isaiah who explained such a situation which existed anciently when he said, The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. To say that there can be no new scripture is itself unscriptural and contrary to the teachings of the Bible. If we truly believe the Bible, we must expect additional scripture from time to time, and to do so we must look for living prophets to receive the revelations which are to become that new scripture. We cannot escape this conclusion. It is a well-established pattern of God's hand dealings with men all down through the ages. Uh, Verses 9 to 15 are confessions of iniquity. Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doth, neith, neither doth justice or charity or righteousness overtake us. We wait for light, but behold obscurity, for brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. That's the results of apostasy. We roar all like bears and mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none for salvation, but he is far from us, far off from us. They are in anguish over their sins. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood, the judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity or honesty cannot enter. Justice, honesty, and integrity are not allowed as part of Israel's life. 
Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. Those who repent are at the mercy of those who with no moral sense. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice or judgment. Verses 16 to 21, salvation for the righteous, vengeance for the wicked. And he saw that there was no man, i.e. no one able to help, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought, i.e. the Lord brought salvation to man, his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness it sustained him. The second coming is when the atonement saves the righteous from the wicked. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and an helmet as salvation upon his head, and he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing, and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the islands he will repay recompense. So shall they fear, or stand in awe or reverence, the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. So here it looks like uh, talking about the glory from the rising of the sun sounds like the second coming. And lifting up the standard uh, might be the the restoration of the gospel, the ensign to the nations. Verse 20, And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth, shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. This refers to Jesus Christ, our intercessor with the Father. He came to earth because there, there was no man, and there was no intercessor for the people. If the Savior had not been sent, our state because of iniquity would have been grim indeed. Therefore Jesus was sent to earth. His arm brought man's salvation unto him, which was possible because his righteousness... It sustained him, much as a breastplate protects a soldier in battle. On his head was a helmet of salvation, and he was clothed in garments of vengeance, for he deals with men according to their deeds. When the Savior comes again, he will come to Zion, and if Jacob or the house of Israel will turn from transgression to the Lord, he will, pay, he will place his spirit upon them. Elder Pratt, Orson Pratt, said of that promise, Certainly Jesus, when he came 18 centuries ago, did not turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for they then were filling up their cup with iniquity. They have remained in unbelief from that day to this. Hence, there, there did not come a deliverer out of Zion 18 centuries ago, but the Zion of the last days, that Zion that is not... That is so frequently and so fully spoken of by the ancient prophets, especially by Isaiah, is the church and kingdom of God, and out of that church or kingdom or Zion is to be is to come a deliverer who will turn away ungodliness from Jacob after the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So that's the end of the chapter, and uh, this talks about the uh, the uh, Savior coming to be our intercessor, to be the uh, uh, the mediator and do the atonement. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter of fifty nine. We'll see you next time. Bye.